Good morning, church. Good morning to those of you online. Yes, good morning. I am. Um, I'm awed by, um, you know, what Shine Kids did. I, I was like, oh, they preached already. I don't. What do I have to do? What else? So, great work, um, Connie and Kids, and it's really great to be with you all. And um, yeah, the um, Holy Spirit is something that is uh, that I guess that uh, I feel very passionately for, um, and I'm so excited um, that I could share that with you today, um, or whatever little I could share in 20 minutes. Actually, speaking of which, could I have the timer started? So thank you. Now, before uh, we dive into the word, let's do a quick recap. Okay, so. Last week, um, okay, let me get this. Right. So as Pastor Wade said, he, um, we started on a new sermon series called The Jesus Way. And this sermon series is designed to flesh out some of the practical implications of the Heaven and Hell sermon series. Who remembers that? Who, who remembers what, that we did that? Yes, I see some hands, yes. Um, and you might remember this slide from the series, um, which Pastor Wei also referenced last week. So recap, God's plan for the world is not, is not this picture on the right, where, in, where um, you know, um, we lose our bodies and our souls fly out to heaven, and then the earth gets destroyed after that. Now, God's plan is the one on the, the right, your right. In the beginning, there was a union of heaven and earth, and after the fall, heaven and earth were separated, and God's saving plan for the world is to reunite or reconcile heaven and earth. So, and what, but what does that mean? It means that in, on earth, you can experience heavenly life again. And Jesus shows us that what bringing heaven and earth together looks like, and he has called us, his followers, to join him in that. And hence, this sermon series, The Jesus Way. And so last week, Pastor Wade talked about, he said it, uh, wilderness, right? What, to, what, to, what does it mean to grow in faith? And that even when we are in the wilderness, we can trust Jesus. Jesus sees all these rocks here. And today, we're going to focus on the Holy Spirit because the Jesus Way is the Holy Spirit-empowered way. Okay, let me ask you something. Well, this is where we're going to share together. Is following Jesus easy? You can shake your head or you can... Not easy. I see many people doing this. Is doing the stuff that Jesus asks us to do easy? Again, it's not a trick question. So I've, I've asked people around me what they found hard about following Jesus. And here are some of the responses. Uh, some of them will pop up on the screen, um, but I can't fit everything on the screen. So what is hard about following Jesus? The humility part, have to be humble. Have to embrace suffering. I have to forgive. Oh, I have to give sacrificially. I can't take revenge. <laughs> Facing my real self, standing up for justice, Oh, Jesus has very high standards. And this is interesting. Having to deal with other Christians. 
and, um, and something similar, Christians who think differently and uh, surrendering, surrendering my will, turning the other cheek. Now let's hear from you. Um, let's take a couple of minutes um, to share with each other. It's um, Menti. So you go to this website and you key in the code and then you'll be able to type in um, maybe four or five words uh, and tell us what you find hard about following Jesus. And don't worry, it's anonymous. Your name is not going to pop up there. And as you do that, I'll just share other, other sharings that I've got here. So there's one who said, integrity is costly. It costs too much to follow Jesus. I don't want to end your hardship. And uh, trust, it's hard to trust Jesus. Oh, passcode. Four one two four two three eight four. Well, answers that are allowed are also all of the above or none of the above. Yeah, so uh, let's do share um, and yeah, and so that we know that we are we are not on our own, you know. Um, and oh, can we switch this screen now? Yeah, guys. Okay, so we can look at the other screen. Okay, let's see what we've got here. Knowing what to do, constant dedication, no set rules, huh? Hypocrisy of the church. Um, spreading the gospel is hard. And uh, let's see, unanswered prayers, that's hard. Change old self, that's hard. Wow, just look at this. Just how, look at how this is popping up. We're going to give us another um, maybe 20 seconds while I try to read. Easily distracted um, is hard. And gossip in the church, that's hard. Wow. Um, false teachers, did I say that? Okay, the cares of life, different interpretations. Um, faith, faithful in unbelief. Wow, you know what? You know what these are all signs and symptoms of? It is, they are signs and symptoms of earth and heaven being separated, right? These are all the stuff that we struggle with because life on earth is not heavenly. People around us are not heavenly. I mean, including people we love, but they're not heavenly. And so, um, wow, okay, are we? Right, thank you so much for sharing this. Um, you know, indeed, following Jesus is not easy, okay? Living out the Christian life is not easy. No wonder Jesus wouldn't let his disciples go out there without first giving them the Holy Spirit. I'm going to move on now, um, but I would love this captured with the camera if you guys could later. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. Just as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And after he said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Also, in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus tells his disciples to wait for the Holy Spirit before getting out there to be his witnesses. You are witnesses of these things. 
And look, I'm sending you what my father promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. She's the Holy Spirit. See, one way or another, we are all trying to live out well the being sent by Jesus part, the being his witnesses part. And it's not just about what we do um, as a program, right? Like, okay, we're going to go out and, and evangelize now. It's not just about that. It is everything, every part of our lives, in our workplace, our family, our relationships, how we treat people, how we love, and so on. And how we weather life. You know, for me, I've encountered lots of challenging stuff in life. You know, the kind of stuff that is supposed to grow you and mature you and how I'm supposed to want to embrace them because of that. But you know what? As time passes, I find myself, now in the words of someone I spoke to recently, I find myself wanting to choose the path of least resistance. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Wow, wow, okay, I see many hands. Which we know is not necessarily the Jesus way, but it's hard. It's hard. Boy, do I need the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, I'm preaching to you today as well as to myself, as it should be. I need to hear afresh. What does it really mean to be empowered by the Holy Spirit? And how can I find hope in that? Let's pray. Ah. Come, Holy Spirit. Um, after spending time just prepping for this message, I just want to come on my knees and say, Come, Holy Spirit. Come. You are, you are the boss. You are the one who brings life. You are the one who enables you. We need you, all of us. Give life to the words that I'm going to speak as I stumble through this, this, this message that is, that is wanting to just burst out of my heart. And yet, there's so much that I'm feeling right now. I need you, Holy Spirit. We need you, Holy Spirit. We at we Community Church, we need you. Come. Amen. Okay, so I have here as a first bullet point to talk about who or what the Holy Spirit is. But the kids, they did a great job, don't you think? Yes. So let me just um, go, go through this very quickly. Um, but I want to highlight that very importantly, the Holy Spirit is a person. You know, it's not an it, okay? We don't call the Holy Spirit it. It comes. It fills me. Okay, so it is not an impersonal force that just floats around. The Holy Spirit can feel. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. The Holy Spirit is God's very presence. In fact, the Holy Spirit is God. God in three persons. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, what does that mean? This means that the Holy Spirit is not a force for us to summon, to do our biddings. Ah, I need to see results. Come, Holy Spirit, make it happen. Or to put it another way, the Holy Spirit is not our performance tool. But of course, you know, Jesus is compassionate and gracious. And more often than not, He responds to us, even when our asking is sometimes clumsy, sometimes misguided. 
you know, church, we do worship an amazingly loving God who loves us so very, very, very much. And it's because He loves us so much that He wants us to experience the fullness of what it means to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. He knows what that's like. He's experienced it. Did you know that? See, when Jesus became a human person, He actually gave up His God power. Now, He did not give up being God. He was still God. He just relinquished the power and the privileges that came with being God. And He submitted Himself to the limitations of the human life. He was a human being like us. Tempted like us, and Pastor Wade talked about that last week. Needed to eat like us, got hungry, could get tired, could get exhausted, needed rest like us, felt pain and sorrow and anguish just like us. And like us, he needed the Holy Spirit to empower what he was called to do and to be. In fact, Jesus said that himself too, and Luke recorded it for us in the Bible. And so let's take a look at that. Now Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and the regaining of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then He rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on Him. Then He began to tell them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled even as you heard it being read. Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to carry out his mission. Look at this again. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He says to do all these things below. This bringing heaven and heaven to earth stuff. And then after this passage in the rest of the Luke Gospel, Luke tells us how the Spirit empowered Jesus step by step to do these things. He shows us that the Spirit empowered Jesus to bring miraculous healing, to set people free from the things that enslave them, to love the poor and the down and out, to break down the walls that exclude people to teach with power and authority, to call out injustice, and then to face the opposition and the resistance, even threats that comes from doing that. We also read of how the Holy Spirit empowered Jesus to discern people's hearts and thoughts and, and to know what to say in tricky moments. You know, they tried to trick him, right? In all of this, we see the Holy Spirit powerfully at work, powerfully at work. And you know what? The power of the Holy Spirit is what attracts many of us in the first place, right? If you're honest. But that's not what I want to focus on today. What I want to highlight today is actually what happens before the display of all those power, before we get to the part when the cool things happen. I want to highlight the part that we often overlook because we quickly want to 
run and see results. What we often overlook is that Jesus did not decide on his own to do this and that and then get the Holy Spirit, the powerful Holy Spirit to make things happen for him. In John chapter 5, Jesus talks about how he only does what the Father tells him to do. See, that's the download. The download is from the Father through the Holy Spirit. For Jesus, this whole thing about being empowered flows from a deep intimacy with God the Father, knowing the Father's heart, being guided step by step to do what the Father wills through the power of the Holy Spirit. Think about it, okay? So many places Jesus could go, so many paths he could take, so many needs to be met, so many people to be healed, so much brokenness everywhere, so many things wrong in the world. How did he not get overwhelmed? How did he know when to do what? Who to attend to? When to do what kind of healing or deliverance? When to say what? What to say? Luke tells us in Luke chapter 4, verses 42 to 43, that because of all the great things he was doing, Jesus was doing, people really wanted him to not leave them. But you know what Jesus said? He said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns too, for that is what I was sent to do. And then, Jesus went. Jesus did not do what could be good by staying. So Jesus had to continuously discern his father's ultimate purpose and orient himself around it in the face of other purposes and demands which seem good and right. Healing and delivering people, good things. But Jesus kept the first things first. Father, what do you say? See, the need can be the call, but the need is not always the call. And again, in Luke chapter 5, Luke tells us that large crowds were gathering together to hear him and to be healed of their illnesses. Yet Jesus himself frequently withdrew to the wilderness and prayed. Again, Jesus kept the first things first, intimacy with his Father. He wanted to know the Father's thoughts, the Father's heart, the Father's will, he did not work independently. He looked to the Father's orchestrating of everything and relied on the power of the Holy Spirit to play his part. What did you say, Father? Go there. Okay. Go here. Okay. Multiply the loaf and the fishes. Okay, Father. Okay, Holy Spirit, let's do this. Father, did you say calm the sea? Okay, Holy Spirit, let's go. Church, what it means for us is that the Spirit-empowered experience must flow from deep intimacy with Jesus, knowing His heart, knowing His will, trusting Him to put the bigger picture together, trusting Him as step-by-step, moment-by-moment, the Holy Spirit enables us to do our part. Jesus doesn't want us to go do our own thing in His name 
and then ask Him to bless it with the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants us to have deep intimacy with Him. He wants us to come to Him. Jesus, what's on your mind? Jesus, what would you like to see happen? Jesus, how can I join you in what you are doing? Jesus, how do I pray for this person? Jesus, is this the time to take a stand against the injustice or not? And what do I do? What do I say to this person who is sick? Oh, you want to heal this person right now? Wow, I really can't do that. Okay, but okay, Jesus, come Holy Spirit. Let's do this. Oh, you want to give this person the strength to endure. Okay, Jesus, come Holy Spirit. Wait, you want to give me the strength to endure? Uh, I need a lot of it. A lot. A lot. Come, Holy Spirit. You know, we love to use the maxim or the, the saying or the tool, I don't know what you call it. What would Jesus do? WWJD. Everyone knows that one? But... Why not ask him directly? Why not ask Jesus directly? He's not dead, is he? Why not ask, what would you do, Jesus? You know, we often talk about Jesus as if he's in the past tense. You know, like, I sometimes talk about my grandma who passed away many years ago, like, oh, what would grandma want for us? What would Jesus do if he was here today? He is. He's not dead. He rose from the dead, remember? And had supper with his disciples. And then he ascended to heaven with his body. And he's right now reigning as king over the world, orchestrating this whole bringing heaven and earth together business from above and doing it through us in the power of the Holy Spirit. We were singing that just now, weren't we? The king reigning. He's not dead. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2 that those who have the Holy Spirit have the mind of Christ. And the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit lets us know what's on his mind. The Holy Spirit helps us to have deep intimacy with Jesus. And Jesus wants that with us. He's not wanting us to go out there and perform for him. He wants intimacy with us. We have the Holy Spirit, church. You know, from the moment of your believing, you have the Holy Spirit. You don't have to wonder about that. But, in the words of J.I. Packer, a well-known author and theologian, it might not hurt to ask instead, does the Holy Spirit have you? Does the Holy Spirit have you? Let us pray. God, we thank you for your great love for us. We thank you that you want intimacy with us. We thank you that you love us so much that you want us to join you in, in this beautiful thing that you're doing in the world. 
You want us to rule with you. You want to bring healing to, to the world and to our lives. And it's so difficult sometimes because while we are wanting to do that, our lives are, are, are falling apart. We can't even keep our lives together. How do we do that? How do we witness? How do we go out there and tell people about you? How do we be so that people can see that see you in us? When we ourselves are crumbling everywhere, how? We can't, and you knew when you sent us the Holy Spirit that we, we will not be able to do that ourselves. And you love us so much. You know that we can only find that security uh, when we are in you, and that's why you give us the Holy Spirit. You know that we can only change when we have the Holy Spirit. You know that we can only do the impossible when we have the Holy Spirit. You know that we can only not be discouraged or be less discouraged if we have the Holy Spirit. You know that we will only, well, I, I can't say we'll run towards suffering, um, but we, I, I take comfort in the fact that even you did not want the cup, but, you, but the Holy Spirit empowered you to say, may your will be done, not mine. So Jesus, today, um, I have prayed for each person here, each person online, and I'm also looking at the rocks that have been placed here, the wilderness. It makes me realize that we really need you. We need you, and forgive us for treating you like sometimes at Santa Claus. Forgive us for treating the Holy Spirit like, um, I don't know, like a, a, like a power energy drink that we drink to, to, to make things happen. We want to be intimate. We want to grow closer to you. We want you. Come fill us today. Come fill us this morning. Amen. Just we're going to take a moment um, where I'm going to invite the prayer ministers up. Um, we're going to invite you um, to let us pray for you if you feel that God is stirring your heart in any way. Um, we will let the Holy Spirit lead us in our praying for you. You could come whether you have a wilderness moment that you need to commit to Him. You could come. If you really just want to say, Holy Spirit, have all of me. Help me to give all of myself to you. We want to pray with you. We want to pray for you.